Okay. Hello. Welcome to That's What People Do, episode 11. 1-1. One, 1-1, one. One, one, 11. Uh, you are joined by, as always, myself, Ryan McGowan. I've got with me again, James Kay. Hola. We are here still to do episode 11. We've done smashed out two now, back to back. This is the third. It's our third one. Now, last week we spoke about Heinrich Himmler. Yeah. Heinrich Himmler. <laughs> And him being a little pussy hole. Yep. <laughs> this week, we're talking about a lovely lady called Tanya Head. Okay? Right. Tanya Head. Now, I've got a story to tell you. Story voices. I'm not, okay. I don't think I'm going to look at the notes. I'm just going to listen to you. Don't look at notes. Because okay. uh, me and James, we don't know who the person is until we meet. And then we just say, that's the name, by the way. And then we just do it. But I do give him notes so he can follow on. But we're not doing it this time. So here's the story. It's 8.40am, September 11th, 2001. Tanya Head is working in her office on the 78th floor of the South Tower. Outside, American airspace is shut down as American Airlines Flight 11 is hurtling towards the North Tower of the World Trade Center. At 8.46am, it smashes into the skyscraper at 466 miles per hour, killing hundreds on impact. Tanya, along with others, is told to evacuate the South Tower, but at 9.03am, United Airlines Flight 175 hits the tower, killing all 65 passengers on board and hundreds in the tower itself. One person who survived the initial impact was Tanya. On fire, she writhes on the floor, a young man with a red bandana comes to her aid, putting the fire out and helping her find her way out through the debris. The main thing keeping her going was the thought of her fiancé Dave. She was due to marry him soon, but he was in the North Tower and she was unaware if he was okay or even alive. Tanya was lucky though. She received severe burns to her arm, but miraculously escaped and woke in a hospital five days later where she found out that her fiancé Dave had been killed. They'd met when they squabbled over a cab. He gave her a business card, but she threw it away. Soon after, they met again, by happenstance, in a meeting, and started dating from then on. She was one of only 19 people who made it out of the South Tower. 19? One of only 19 people who made it out of the South Tower who were either at the point of or above place where the plane initially hit oh right okay so loads of people underneath that point got out got out yeah okay only 19 people who were above that made got it out okay she was one of them right, right okay very 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 lucky lucky yeah fucking all right Whew. so this is a tough episode this is 9 11 yeah and we're talking about tiny head who survived it okay um 2606 people Innocent people were killed that day in the tower's collapse, and Tanya managed to survive against all the odds. All right. Now, do you remember watching this at all on the telly when you were a kid? I, I remember where I was actually. And yeah. I was only little. I was at my nan and granddad's after school. Well, obviously, it happened while I was at school. Mm. And then I think I got home and the news was on. It was just everywhere. I. Because this happened uh, in the morning in America. It was late in the day for us. Mid afternoon for us, I think. That's right. And I just got home from school, and my nan was round, my mum. They were on the telly, and everyone was watching on the TV. I remember yeah. that because I, w- I would have been six. 
Yeah. And I I was well, I was born ninety three. So yeah, I was eight. Yeah. Um so yeah, I just turned eight when this happened, which is mad because I'm now twenty six. Yeah. Time it's flies. Weird. Anyway, um nine eleven was such a big thing. Yeah, man, of course. Many survivors just fully couldn't deal with what happened to them and they needed some form of outlet. Some had their families and friends to talk to, but even they began to feel over time as if they were burdening them with their stories. Um, And in 2003, Tanya actually created an online support group for survivors to talk about their experience, including her own. See, her group was spotted by a man called Jerry Bojax. He was one of the founding members of the World Trade Center Survivors' Network. They actually amalgamated the two groups with the hope of bringing help to survivors of the terrorist event. She took no money from this at all. Yeah. But she did. She did donate uh, quite a bit. Yeah. And she's been, you know, for a lot. She's doing bits. You see, at some point, I know that this story is going to turn. But at the minute, she sounds like, from the information you've given me, sounds like a good person. Dude, like she's helping people out. She was one of only 19 people who survived. On top of the impact point of the yeah. tower. And she's spending her bear time. Bear in mind, both those towers actually collapsed yeah. and fell to the fucking ground. Yeah. She was one of only 90 people that got out from the top part of it that yeah. were the crushing. Uh, she had severe burns to her arm. Yeah. Luckily, one man with a red bandana put her burns out. Mm-hmm. Those severe burns to her arm fucked up her arm to the point where she couldn't use it no more. Mm-hmm. It was become a dead, dumb arm. Yeah. And she was just using, a couple of years later, using the internet to find a way a forum for survivors to talk yeah she's helping people out she would she'd become a pillar for survivors in the group people would fully admire how well she was coping with her experience almost becoming a role model for others on how they would cope yeah you know by looking at her she managed to get survivors access to ground zero to help with their recovery right because before they wanted to go in and just get some sort of closure and the authorities were having none of it. They didn't want them. Because it was called The Pit. Yeah. Which is quite ominous. Yeah. called The Pit and you couldn't get in it. No one was allowed to go near it. She managed to, in time, communicate with the authorities and get them access, which was great for them. Yeah. They were allowed to go see it because uh, a lot of survivors uh, expressed concern and issue with anyone could go ground zero. Anyone could go look at The Pit. But she, uh, there was a, one particular survivor who was watching a documentary on. She said how you could go stand there and it would just be full of tourists just yeah. looking at it, talking, and it's noisy. And she was like, the only other places were people selling merch. Yeah. And that was horrible. Like, yeah. I was in those fucking towers that are no longer there. Yeah. And you're selling merch. And so I have to listen to either you or I have to listen to tourists coming here just looking at it, gawking. Yeah. I need somewhere to go, that like quiet, that I can talk about it or see it. I need to be in there or something like that. Yeah. She managed to help them get in there. She got them in Ground Zero. She got them to have a little walk around and, you know, get that closure that they feel like they needed. And in 2004, she started a writing workshop for helping those to try to express how they feel by getting it, writing it down on paper. Right, okay. Now, she loved this herself yeah. um, it was great for Tanya she wrote many times about her husband Dave um, she wrote on one point quote it's still all so raw it hurts as much now as then and I still cannot understand why 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 I talked to Dave I told him I was sorry but he didn't answer back 
Our photos together are now only ghosts of a life I once had and I desperately want back. Christ. Sorry, did I say husband? Yeah. Sorry, I meant fiancé. Right, okay. Sorry, it's hard to get the facts correct sometimes, particularly when you're lying about big things like, I don't know, being a survivor of 9-11. You fully have me. What the fuck? (laughs) So, (laughs) right. Um, What the fuck, man? Meet Tanya Head. (laughs) Or as she's actually called, Alicia Esteve Head. She's from Barcelona. And she wasn't even in the USA when 9-11 happened. Que? I'm so confused, man. (laughs) No, it's que? (laughs) I'll give you a minute to digest that. How how good was our story? The weird thing is, I knew what was coming and it's still fucking... Oh, that's a good storyteller. (laughs) Hold on, I need to scroll down these notes and just have a... No, just look at her face, don't look at the notes. (laughs) Yeah, I can see her face. (laughs) What the fuck? Yep. She was in Brazil. No, no, no. Barcelona. Barcelona. Oh. She's uh, a Catalonian. She's from Barcelona. Would you like me to tell you more about That was one hell of a flip. Like, you fully sold me. I was like, yep, yep. I was well involved in that story. (laughs) It's the husband bit. The thing is, I knew she was going to be a bad person because this is a bad person episode. And I still bought into all the good shit she did. She did do those things. I'll talk about it in a minute. I'll, right, t- I'll tell you about continue, it. Continue. So, Alicia Esteve Head, right? She was born in Barcelona, July 31st, 1973, okay, to a prominent family that was at one point involved in a quite a big financial scandal in 1992. Right. Both her father and her brother actually served very long prison terms for it. Oh uh, it managed, it was something to do with duping the actual Spanish government or the Fucking Catalonian hell. government yeah. of the era. Um, let's say, from a well respective family she was educated well she even attended a finishing school in switzerland yeah she attended the university of barcelona worked for a spanish hotel company for a time and later worked as a bar- in barcelona as a management secretary from 1998 to 2000 and in 2001 mm. when 9-11 was happening yeah. she was enrolled into a master's course in business which is exactly where she was when 9-11 happened Right. As many report people saying, they actually remember her being in the classroom on that day it happened. <clears throat> so why didn't they pipe up? Because uh, the story was not that big in Spain at the time. Oh, uh, that makes sense. Right, okay. uh, So um, when this kicked off, people were aware of her a bit more. Yeah. But before then, when she was just playing Tanya Head, yeah. no one's going to know about Alicia Stevie Head being in, uh, in New York. Uh, but no one's heard of Tanya either. Like, that makes just, sense. This is just a lady. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, I should also mention here, before 9-11, yep. she had never once been to the United States, let alone New York. Right. She only touched down in America, particularly in New York, in 2003. So two years after? Yeah. Which is when she started the Survivors Online Forum under the name of Tanya Head. What? Right, Okay. Okay, I have so many questions, but I'm sure you're going to answer them, so continue. Okay. Now, this liar actually became the president of the World Trade Center Survivors Network and was even considered a minor celebrity. Also, um, I did say at the beginning, I have some fun artwork for you to have a look at. Check out this artwork. This is from um, a documentary film that was made called The Woman Who Wasn't There. Oh, fuck. You can see her cradling people and you can see a plane in the background. Yeah, yeah. 
Mad. Yeah. So, um, like I say, she actually became a minor celebrity. She was the president of this group. She was so popular, she actually led politicians around on tours of Ground Zero, telling her, quote, story. Fuck's sakes. (laughs) And would frequently hang out around Ground Zero, talking to random tourists and people interested to know, talking about her experience, saying, uh, quotes, I was there at the towers. I'm a survivor. I'm going to tell you about that. For fuck... Man, that's so disrespectful. Mm-hmm. What would her fiancé Dave think about the deception? Yeah. Oh, yeah, she wasn't actually engaged, of course. Um, she wasn't engaged to Dave. The man she claimed to be her fiancé was real, and he did die during the horrific event. So that's someone's... That could be someone's father, husband, son. Someone's family member. And she's, she's just, just fucking taken his name. Yep. Um, he did die during the horrific event, but they never fought over a cab. They never got engaged. They'd mm. never even met with the family of the man saying that they'd never even heard of her either. But every year, she would apparently go to Ground Zero with a yellow, a toy yellow ca- cab in their memory of how they met. Because obviously the story was they, they, they met fighting over a cab. Yeah. And then he gave her the business card and she threw it away. And then they met several months later at a meeting and just hit it off again. Yeah. So every year, she'd come to Ground Zero on the anniversary with a little toy cab just hold it in her hand and she became known for doing that and she's absolute bollocks <clears throat> which is absolute bollocks because they never no met oh I'll uh, uh, cast your mind back again mm-hmm. um, the second plane hit the south tower Tanya's on fire remember yeah her arm remember a man with a red bandana putting yeah. her out and helping her find the exit yeah his name was Wells Crother so a 24 year old working as a junior trader at the time but aspiring to be a firefighter. When the planes hit, he actually went back into the burning South Tower three times to rescue people from the collapsing building. Okay. So that was Wells Crother, really nice young 24-year-old man. Yeah. Went back into that building three times to get rescuers and save them and get them out, okay? He was known to always carry a red bandana with him wherever he went after his dad gave him one when he was a kid, about seven or eight. Yeah. Always just had one in his pocket or wearing one around his wrist kind of thing. Now, Wells, unfortunately, didn't actually make it out himself. All oh, right. okay. he, he went back in three times. He saved loads of people, but he didn't make it out himself. I imagine she knew this. Well, lots of people told their survivor stories who had been rescued by him and mentioned the man with the red bandana they didn't know who he was yeah. so the man with the red bandana became famous Yeah. Uh, and then it was only by chance that because he wore a red bandana all the time wherever he went his mum recognised the story of a man with a red bandana and went yeah. that's him Oh wow. I found him that's him we know where he is he, we've got closure Yeah. he actually became a hero um, he was known as a hero by everyone yeah. because of that and then coincidentally, mm. Red Bandana Man yeah. made an appearance in Tanya's story as well. Yeah. As the man who put the fire out on her back and arms. Yeah. Now, she actually at one point met up with the parents of Wells. Right. Because they said, oh my God, he... They want the basic. The parents were so proud of what their son done yeah. and how many people he had actually saved on the day. Yeah, doing what he wanted to do. He wanted to be a firefighter. Yeah, and he wanted to save people, and he did. He lost his own life doing so, but mm. he, he did help people who had you know are alive today because of him. Yeah, they wanted to meet them. They wanted to thank you know to 
Dan Gurman, so yeah. you knew him. Tell us about him. Tell us your story, kind of thing. We yeah. want to know what he did for you and that. Yeah. Tanya told her story to them as well. Tanya showed them around. Tanya went to like a a vigil for his death, kind of thing, and was due to speak at this vigil, and then last minute backed out, and got a friend to speak on her behalf, and would talk to these parents. Never met him. Doesn't know him. Oh, Wales was so lovely. I, I I have a picture of him in every room in my home. So I can always see him as the man who rescued me. Right. Right? And then also we've got real cool artwork of her being carried by a fireman with burns on her arms. It's hilarious. This woman is a piece of work, man. Absolute piece of work. Just down a bit more, I think, is that artwork there. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's great. It's so dramatic for her. Yeah. Now, she also claimed that she came across a dying man when she was escaping the building, mm-hmm. who gave her his wedding ring yeah. in the hope that she would pass it on to his wife. Right. Of course, she never did yeah. because this man didn't exist. Yeah. Well, he may have, but she wasn't fucking there. Yeah. So she didn't get a ring off this man. She's just making it up. Yeah. Well, it seems that her lies were beginning to catch up with her. Her stories would have minor details missed out or added with every telling, Mm. like husband, fiancé, right? In 2007, the New York Times did some digging. Her fiancé would become her husband on some occasions. She supposedly set up a children's foundation in his name, but there was no record of it at all. She said that Dave and her went to Hawaii, not long before 9-11 happened where they had a ceremony, but it wasn't legally binding, which is why she called him husband. Right. Yeah? Okay. Just conveniently forgets every now and then and says, fiancé, oh, I mean husband. It was a ceremony, but not legally binding. Ha 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 ha. She told another that she and Dave had actually only known each other for a few months and that their relationship was supposed to be kept a secret from the family, if which would be why the family don't know her. It's just rule of bullshit in 101. To keep track of your fucking bullshit. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. And she yeah. just hasn't. That's what gets liars. Like, liars get caught out because they forget what they've lied about. Yeah. You know? But most of her story was very well planned out, detailed. She knew a lot of research. She'd done her homework on a lot of stuff. Yeah. And it did fool a lot of people for a few years. Yeah. She was doing this for at least five years more. Yeah. A long time. Because this, this, uh, this investigation... Uh, happened in 2007. Yeah. She she touched down in America 2003. Yeah. So. Yeah, fucking hell. She's doing it for a while and she's getting good at it. Yeah. Well, apart from the minute details. Yeah. Now, remember how she was lucky enough to be one of 19 people that survived above the impact point? Yep. Well, of all their stories, of all those people that could recount their stories from, you know, other people and that, um, they knew, but no one mentioned Tanya. Right. Right? Well, yeah. These people there. who survived, there's only 19 of them. They all survived above the impact point. So you were just sure they were, their paths would have crossed at some their point. Their paths probably crossed. And in all their stories, they were able to identify other people who did survive and get out. Right? Yeah. No one could mention Tanya. And yeah. Tanya never mentioned them. Yeah. Because Tanya do not know who the fuck they are. Yeah. You know? She's not able to do that. Tanya suggesting she wasn't, you know, it was, it, they were suggesting Tanya wasn't there, right? Uh, and it, the cat was out of the bag, right? Yeah, she was outed as a liar and a fraud 
uh, and the World Trade Center Survivors Network, something that she really helped to build up and became president of. They now wanted absolutely fucking nothing to do with her, and they kicked her out, right? She refused any and all interviews explaining herself, and she actually fled the country, presumably back to Barcelona, because no one actually knows where she went. She just kind of fucking disappeared off the face of the earth. Except in 2008, Mm. an email was sent to the Survivors Network from a Spanish email address. Yeah. Coincidental, maybe. Said that Alicia Estevi Head had actually committed suicide. Okay. That was a lie. Right. Another fucking lie. What is she gaining from this? I don't know. Now, not much else is actually known about her whereabouts after this time, which is really weird. Yeah. She supposedly was sighted actually back in New York with her mother... In September of 2011, which makes you think, is she still going back to fucking anniversary days? Yeah, and just standing around. And does she genuinely think that she was there? Yeah, she that she might be really messed up in the head. We do know that one thing: she had another job. She did manage to get another job back in Barcelona as right. an in, in an insurance company. Yeah, but was later fired in 2012 when her uh, employers found out about her deception good on them because a film called the woman who wasn't there came out in 2012 which told her story the initial part point of the film was to tell tanya's story her inspirational story yeah and then between that they found out she, she was, was a liar oh, and flipped it yeah and so tanya had actually done quite a few interviews for this documentary no telling her story and now this the the documentary is flipped yeah and he's saying how she's a liar and now they've got documentary video proof of her telling her lies. Yeah. Which is really interesting. I'm going to have to go and find that. It's real interesting. Now, like I say, her lies were revealed in this film. And yeah. she was actually fired from her job. And no one's heard of her since. So her last known whereabouts was 2012. The biggest thing for me out of all of this, like, she, of course, everything she did was so disrespectful. But what the fuck did she gain? I don't know because she didn't seem to get any money out of it. She put her own money into it, didn't she? Into the fund. Yeah. Yeah. She came from a wealthy family in Barcelona. So she lost things? She didn't gain anything? Nah. She gained minor celebrity. Maybe that's what she wants. Maybe she was just after some screen time. So she supposedly, she was known as a liar back in Barcelona as well. Oh, really? She, her withered arm, apparently um, she would lie to people as how she got it. She said at one point she fell off a horse, doesn't own a horse. Right. She lost it at a horse polo club. She never owns a horse, doesn't own, go to a polo club, nothing like that. I think she actually uh, lost the use of her arm in a car crash when she was a teenager. Right. But again, even then, she would like brag about how good things were and how life is this, that, the other. And yeah. She could drive and all this sort of shit. She was just a, a compulsive fucking liar. You do meet those people in real life though, don't you? Even though most people don't ever do on the scale. People that have like a scar or something and will just completely bollocks, like lie about what that scar is just yeah. I don't people just must feel so shit about their own lives they have to embellish this whole new fucking story just to make them sound a bit better than they are but this is the thing that's interesting it's like her family were relatively well off she's got good education she got finishing school all that sort of stuff her family were corrupt yeah they tried to embezzle shitloads of money out of government Spanish government and stuff got caught and went to prison yeah you know so I don't know if any any of that has anything to do with her. I don't know. Like, 
like if she hit if that any of that impacted on her to make her tell f- tales and fables about herself I really can't get my head around it no I can't I can't and and the problem is because Tanya has never not been found kind of since and hasn't done any interviews to explain itself no one knows why yeah what the fuck like that's just that's baffling it's just baffling more than anything yeah yeah and, and a lot of survivors who knew her as Tanya Head were they felt completely betrayed of course sure, because they've already. shared their stories with this woman they've yeah. cried to this woman they've they've you know she's been their rock and out of nowhere you think was I a joke to you the whole time like yeah just was, did this mean nothing to you like and there's some women there, there was one woman in particular she I think she appeared on Dr. Phil I watched um and she said how she misses her. But he was like, no, you don't miss her. You miss Tanya Head. You miss a woman that never existed. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. You, you miss this... That support woman. network, kind of. Yeah, you you miss that. And you've been betrayed. So that's Alicia Esteve Head, the woman who lied about being in 9-11. For no reason, for no personal gain. Nothing. Yeah, it is really, really bizarre that you just lie about that. One of the biggest events of probably world history yeah this it's the the worst uh terrorist attack in the world in, in history thank you for listening to this one i'm just well confused if someone can fucking help me just tweet us or something because i need help understanding why a human being would do this it's bizarre i i, I explained it to someone um saying uh, you know th- when you lie if it's if it's a small lie between not that many people you can kind of get away with it yeah, as long as no one questions it we all it. tell white lies every the problem then. is when your lie makes you a famous person yeah people are going to start fucking asking questions exactly particularly when your lie is one of the f- most famous terrorist attacks in the world yeah for sure people are going to ask questions and you're involving real people who died you're that you have inv- nothing exactly. to do with you're surrounding yourself you're surrounding your lies by real genuine people who are going to want to speak to you yeah you got some fucking balls to try and, you know, blag your way out of that. I'm confused, and I think I can only be confused. Yeah. It's upsetting as well that people would do this, but... Oh, it's horrendous. It's absolutely disgusting that someone would do this. I'm glad you enjoyed that. I'm glad you enjoyed the twist as well. Yeah, there's some good storytelling. They can tell you've got a fucking bit in you an actor. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode because this was fascinating to I, learn. I genuinely enjoyed that that was really good that was like story time with just twists and turns yeah and that was a recommendation thank you to my girlfriend for recommending that one yeah um, please do send us in uh, recommendations of people you would like us to talk about uh, you can send them to our gmail account at that's what people do podcast at gmail.com or you can hit us up on any of the social media platforms you can hit us up on instagram at that's what people do podcast You'll find us on Facebook at That's What People Do. And you can find us on Twitter at, at That's WPD. Uh, send us all of your recommendations. Do contact us. We will get back to you if you do send us a cheeky little message. We will. But don't at us on MySpace because we're not there. We are not on MySpace, I'm Or afraid. Bebo. No, we're not that big. We don't have a Pixo. <laughs> Maybe we should. All right, guys. Uh, thank you so much for listening as always. And we shall see you on the next episode. Toodle bit. Bye bye.